0: I couldn't couldn't leave you out. (laughs) Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for the Delcourts. Thank you for the huge part that they play in this church, in this community. Um, I pray that you bless them, fill them with your Holy Spirit, and would they teach us and encourage us to to do more for your glory and your kingdom and to, to know you better, Father, to be a better follower of Jesus. Would you bless them and give them the words to say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Oh, that was pretty good. I didn't have to say it twice. That's awesome. Uh, Jameson, thanks very much for your message there. Definitely put Wendy and my name on your email list. And Wendy will be down after the service to get some chocolate and see you. I uh, thought I'd bring these up here to test it out because everybody says it's so bright up here, right? But I think we'll, we'll go without today. All right. So, for those people I haven't had a chance to meet, uh, my name is Grant Delcourt, and this is my amazing wife, Wendy Delcourt, and we're really excited and honored today to be able to be up here and share a little bit of our journey over the last five years with you. Before we get started, though, I'd just like to take a moment here and pray, so we just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for the many, many blessings of life, our health, our families, and especially our relationship with you. We're so grateful to be here today to dig deeper into your word and to increase our faith in you through the knowledge of scripture and by keeping our eyes focused on jesus please help us discover what that looks like in each of our lives and to use wendy and i today to further grow your kingdom in your name we pray amen okay so we should be getting some slides up here i think oh there's nothing up there okay i'll have to look behind me here so i thought to start off we would just give you a little bit of background about our family so this is a picture of us when we were doing a little bit of traveling last year. So this is kind of our Delcourt tribe. Um, we've been part of the Willow Park South here now for about seven years. We've been living here in Kelowna for about 21 years. We actually moved here when Wendy was about eight months, maybe nine months out to here with Hannah. <laughs> and it was what the summer that uh, Kelowna had at that time. It was their hottest summer and they'd gone almost 100 days without rain. It was, And, of course, we didn't have any air conditioning in the house that we'd moved into. Um, I actually grew up as a child here in Kelowna, so lived a lot of my life here. Uh, my dad was born and raised in Kelowna. My Nana was actually born in Peachland and grew up in, in the Okanagan. So we got some pretty good ties and roots to the Okanagan. Um, Wendy and I, we first met at UBC when we were going to school in Vancouver. Um, we've been now together, married for coming up 24 years next uh, Monday, and uh, together for 29 years. Uh, My beautiful wife, also I refer to her as the Wender, um, is sometimes referred to in our family also as the Mayor, because Wendy's involved in everything, whether it's with the school, the church, work, everywhere, and there's not too many people out there that don't know her. So we Ten to any time from leaving church or leaving somewhere, it takes us a while to get out. So, uh, one of her top strengths, which is really neat to see, that ties into this, is her connectedness and how she puts people together. Um, Wendy is currently part of the South Lead Team here, um, the Welcome Committee, which I'm on as well, and uh, the Expressive Arts Ministry.
1: Wow! So, let me introduce you now to my husband, Grant. I never say Grant. If you know us, because my brother's name is Grant, and it's kind of weird, so I refer to him as Deli. You'll see that on the back of his orange car. That was his name on the back of his jersey, short for Delcourt, or sometimes the Delster. Just depends on the day. <laughs> and uh, what I love about Deli—he's well—he what he does for a living is he's a chartered accountant specialized in tax, and now he's taken that into wealth management. a Real passion for legacy and building the truth of purpose, passion, and prosperity within people's stories and lives through that avenue that vehicle. And one of his strengths that I'm very excited to watch grow and build is his learning strength. This guy's, like, hungry to learn all the time. So it was really fun doing this together, digging into Scripture and learning more about about it with him. So.
0: Thank you, Ender. Um Also, we have, as you can see up there, oh, go back, oh skipping ahead we got to introduce our girls too yeah we got our two girls here sitting in th- they said they wouldn't sit in the front row but they're they're in the second row so thank you very much girls Hannah and Madison for making it here today Hannah is uh, soon to be 21 and she's attending Okanagan College uh, doing the business administration program there majoring in finance and she just took the big step of moving out of the house and has her own place with a couple friends of hers and we're almost empty nesters. We still have Madison to go, but we moved her up to the casita above the garage now. So um, so we actually have the whole house together. Um, one, of, one of Hannah's passions is singing. She can listen to a song and then essentially know the words and sing it right back. We had a trip down to Vancouver. Oh, this was a few years ago with uh, our family, and Zoe Madden was with us. And the three girls were in the back of the truck and sang the whole way there and the whole way back. I could have turned the stereo right off. It was great, great to hear. And then Madison, who is our youngest, she just turned 18 and graduated from OKM and is now on her way to go to UBCO to do their business management program there. And she's our action girl. So she, <laughs> I was just telling the story to, to Zoe briefly. She's the type of girl where she jumps in and does it, and sometimes we got to tell her, you know, you got to think before you jump. I remember one time we are up uh, in the Kootenays doing some tobogganing and stuff, and it was in the evening, and you can't really see the hill too well. And she's at the top, and I'm halfway out, and I say, Maddie, just check it out going down the hill. Well, she does, and straight down the hill. And, of course, at the end there's this jump, and she lands, and bang on her chest knocks the wind out of her. And I'm like, what didn't you hear about Check It Out? She goes, Dad, I did Check It Out. I just went straight down the hill. So so that's our, our Maddie. So, And then uh, you can see second to the left there is Grandma P. So this is uh, Wendy's mom. She lives in the Kootenays in Castlegar, and she loves coming to Kelowna. And she's always, whenever she does, she comes to the, the south and, and joins us here. So now, of course, our other little addition to the family is our little furry boy who's nine years old tucker uh wendy still for the last about four years is saying he's five i think she's got denial that he's actually growing up and getting a little bit older and when we got tucker i had to put some conditions because we in in getting a new dog because we had two other dogs that were retrievers beautiful dogs big dogs lose a lot of hair so with uh tucker there had to be non-shedding it had to be a smaller dog and of course it had to be male because as you can see from the slide before, there's a lot of females, a lot of estrogen in my house. We also at that time had a female cat called Sweetie too. So so that's, uh, that's a picture of our family. Um, so today, the theme this summer was for some of us to share our journal with, with you. And since I haven't yet mastered journaling, uh, Winter and I thought it would best to share one of the commitments we've made to each other. So this is our morning soul coffee. So this originally started off about 13 years ago, and Wendy was taking this discipleship course. And she was, you know, just really intriguing me. We'd have these conversations because she was digging deep into who she was, who Jesus is, and how she could serve Jesus. So we quickly realized that just one day a week was not enough. We needed more fuel. We needed more scripture. We needed more prayer in our life. So. Essentially, it turned into our morning soul coffees. And we wanted that fuel first thing in the morning, just like you have your breakfast or go for a run in the morning. So uh, this is our outside porch. So this is essentially in the morning, in the warmer months, where we have our, our coffees and dig into our devotions and pray together and you know before stepping in the demands of the day. And then the next picture, when it starts getting a little bit chillier outside, we move inside by the fire. So that gives you a little bit of a picture of our family our home but next picture here of course coffee it's got to be a Breville so the Breville machine if anybody's had one you know it makes the best Americanos ever and I gotta definitely thank Lyndon and Laura for this because we were over for dinner at their house one evening a while back and uh, after dinner Lyndon pulls out the Breville makes up a couple Americanos and that night when I got home it was like 1130 at night i gone on Amazon right away. Two days later, we had the box in the coffee maker at our doorstep. And 45 days later, we had it calculated out. We had that thing paid off because we weren't going to Starbucks or these other coffee places as much. So it's definitely a good investment if you like your Americanos. Okay, as Winter and I thought and prayed about sharing today, uh, refl- we really reflected on the theme that has significantly stood out in our lives and what we've been sharing over our Soul Coffee Conversations. We thought it'd be great to invite you guys today into our living room. Um, Sorry we didn't bring the Breville machine. We thought it might break the church budget a little bit, all these coffees, and probably be here till late into the evening just making them. So the word that God placed in our hearts, reflecting our journey over the last five years, has been perseverance. Um, If you guys could take a moment and just turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And I'm going to read through that in a sec. And it's really interesting how God works, because Friday night, uh, Wendy and I were at home looking through Netflix and couldn't find a movie. And we remembered, oh, a friend of ours told us about this movie called Greater. And it's about a football player, high school football player, that's a walk-on at a top university or college in the States and ended up getting drafted to the NFL. And there are so many underlining themes in that movie that ties into this verse. And then yesterday morning, I always get this morning app, the Bible app that pops up, and it says, Hebrews 12, 1, endure the race. So I thought it was very fitting that today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Hebrews 12 and 1, verse 1 to 3. So I'm just going to read through it, um, it's up on the screen behind me as well. So, I'm sure all of you have read through the books of Hebrews, right? Well, I'm just going to give a short little overview. Um, most scholars say Paul was the author of Hebrews, uh, but there are some modern-day scholars that say the author is unknown. The book is written to the Jewish Christians who are under both social and economic persecution and were really wavering in their faith. <clears throat> the author was encouraging, encouraging them to stand strong in their faith, no matter what the opposition they faced. So in chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, the author uses the metaphor of a race to encourage Christians to endure in a marathon commitment to Christ. And this really resonated with Wendy, this this uh, sort of metaphor around a race or a sport, because we'd had a lot of sports in, in our background. Wendy was swimming, myself with hockey, and we still really enjoy going to different sporting events as well. There are a few key words in these verses that I'd like to touch on. One is when the author writes about a great cloud of witnesses. Just picture this massive stadium or a hockey rink for us Canadians that's filled with fans. But these just aren't regular type of fans. These are witnesses that are champions and heroes of faith. They've actually run the race and they've won it. Now they're there, they're cheering and encouraging us on, just like a crowd at a sporting event. Especially in those times when we are running into a major headwind or we've tripped over a hurdle or we're actually in those real tough and dark places we've fallen down or on our knees and hands and we need to get back up. They're there cheering us on and encouraging us. Then the author also writes about hindrances and sins and how we must throw them aside. So these hindrances, uh, they're like weights or choices and they neither be right nor wrong kind of like hanging out maybe with people that don't have the same values as us and it might lead us astray. It could be, you know, watching too much Netflix or playing too much Fortnite or maybe abuse of alcohol or drugs or even working out too much. We need to remove these hindrances and the sin that keeps us from Christ-likeness and focusing on Jesus. If you think of an athlete or a runner, uh, they're not going to run a race with weights on. They're going to make themselves as light as possible. They're going to take off that sweatsuit, their earphones, the whatever water bottle they may be holding, their gloves, and they're going to make themselves as light as possible so they can get to that finish line where they know they're going to finish the race. The author also writes about running a race that is marked out for us and running it with perseverance. The word run, it suggests that we don't stand still and hang out at the start line. But we have to move forward, using our time, our talents, and treasures to serve the Lord. And the race, which is living a Christian life, has been already mapped out by Jesus, who has given us the ultimate example on how to run the race. We know how to run, and we know where to run. So, the next slide, uh, we thought we'd dig in. We'd dig into, you know, what does it mean to persevere through God's eyes. So we looked at the definition, uh, a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. A steadfastness, unwavering. There's great emphasis here on having hope and faith. The word perseverance in this verse suggests that it's not going to be an easy run on flat ground or going downhill. There's going to be a lot of hills that we're going to have to climb, hurdles to jump over. There's going to be distractions along the way. And we're going to have to battle hard. And we're going to have to have a lot of faith and stamina and commitment and discipline to finish the race. We can't give up. We must patiently endure all things as we grow and mature in our faith. And it's these trials that strengthen our faith and bring us to maturity. Jesus perfectly finished his race. He knew the joy at the finish line. And that allowed him to look through the pain of carrying the cross and the shame that came with that. Jesus is the ultimate example to all of us of perseverance. He is the focus of our lives and our final destination. Uh, Next slide here. Other direction. Okay, we're done. (laughs)
1: Don't
0: <laughs> it's like just oh one more. Just don't put it Yeah. No, Okay. A couple other verses in the Bible that tie into the verses we just reviewed in Hebrews twelve are Revelations two seven. The scriptures teach us that those who overcome in faith will inherit eternal life. And this truth is also expressed in Colossians 1.23, where Paul says, the people will be holy, blameless, and above reproach, if they continue in faith, grounded, and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. For Wender and I, over the last five years, perseverance has been both challenged and awakened by the pain beauty and mystery of our life circumstances during those years it's hard to hold on to those this steadfast hope sometimes when outcomes are mysterious and when life brings seasons of pain and struggle during this time in our lives we grounded ourselves in these key scriptures we prayed in anticipation and we drew upon wisdom of those who spoke the word of god before us 'm going to go over uh, just a brief summary of the journey that we've been on uh, the last few years. I mean, we've been very blessed in a lot of ways over these last five years around family and friends and work and, and some travel. But there were some dark and tough places uh, during these years. In 2014, <coughs> Wender and I lost our dads, mine in February, hers in October, both unexpectedly. In 2015, Our daughter Hannah. (laughs) Waterbury. Yeah. She ended up (coughs) with a very rare and life-threatening kidney anomaly that required an exploratory surgery in Vancouver with the lead surgical teams from VGH and from Children's Hospital, and it was a long recovery for her. In 2016, I lost my mom very unexpectedly. In 2016, we lost a dear friend and a, a mentor in our life, Randy. Also during these five years, we experienced betrayal with family and close friends that caught us by surprise and required some serious grace and shifts. Wender, lost, uh, or sorry, Wender was like go from a job that was aligned so powerfully with her dreams to help build character awareness and education in youth. My team at work, we we're going through some major transitions with some acquisitions and staffing changes. Our youngest daughter, Madison, got a rare condition called pandas, giving her shingles and an extreme case of seasonal OCD. We were getting tired and disillusioned, and recently Wendy has some significant health challenges with many moving parts going on. Tough to navigate or know where to start with. But we pondered, how was God going to use all this in our life?
1: Not only did we dig into Hebrews 12, but we also drawed upon the strength of Hebrews 13:7. This idea of pillar people that we had in our lives. we had a firm foundation in Christ, but we had those people that held us up, that prayed for us, that believed in us, invested in us, and reminded us of God's promises and truth when we sometimes got a bit foggy on that. And Hebrews 13:7 says, "Remember your leaders." Those who spoke the, spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So during this time, we reflected and we called upon those people. We were in a, a community group with Brad Gay and Colleen Gay and, and a whole bunch of people at this church. And when Hannah went in for her surgery, they prayed from the minute she was rolled in to 10 hours later when she woke up. Every minute. Every minute. Our pastor showed up in Vancouver in the hospital. This community delivered meals and celebrated with us the successes and the, and the challenges. Um, beautiful, and we have very close friends that loved over us. But we also have this cloud of witness community that have gone already to join those cheerleaders in the stadium. And we reflected on what they taught us, what, what we could draw draw from from their lives. So we have our dear friend, Randy Reese, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Randy is in the checkered shirt kind of beside me. He is the founder of um, a ministry called Vantage Point 3. He's been a friend and mentor of ours for 13 years. He was burdened by the fact that the church was a 1,000 miles wide and a half an inch deep. He lived inspired by Ephesians 2.10 to bring depth and renewal in the church. He believed that depth would be accomplished over a good cup of coffee and a good question, driving us to a deeper sense of who we are, who God is, and what God is up to in our lives. So this is where Grant and I said, remember, good cup of coffee, a good question, some time together. So we leaned into that more during those seasons. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You guys might recognize this beautiful face. Nope, that's beautiful too. I'm so happy it happens to you. You clap, clap. See, it goes away. There he is. Okay. Dave Marshall. He's been a part of our South community till God hijacked him a few months ago. But Dave was the first face we saw when we joined the South just over seven years ago. And it was a little bit crazy because we'd walk in the door and he knew our names, he knew our kids' names, and he had some facts about us. Grant and I were like, this church is creepy. And it kind of kept on going. And then Dave earned a kind of a name. We called him Stalker Dave. That was our, that was our name for him. But in the final hours of Dave's life, I was visiting him in the hospice. And I said, Dave, you know what? You're finishing your race. You're doing this so well. I said, I'm still in it. I I still have to go. I still have my leg to go. What can you pass on to me? What could you tell me that would help me run my race, that would help me finish strong and help, you know, my life be of kingdom purpose? And Dave said to me, he said, Wendy, he goes, invite God into everything, Pray the details out with Jesus because he cares about the details. Even if you don't feel like cooking dinner, cleaning your house, or it's life and death circumstances, Jesus cares about the details. And then he said to me, when people ask you about your faith, he said, don't, like, you know, it's helpful to quote scripture and familiar prayer. He goes, but no, you've got to tell them a story where Jesus became so real to you, where you felt the hope and the love and the power of a majestic, amazing God. He goes, I had that with my granddaughter. She was born with a rare blood disorder, and Dave had tears in his eyes. He goes, but through the grace of God, he healed my granddaughter through prayer and community and his power. He goes, so that's what you have to do. Now go along. Get it done. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. One very special champion. See? Kelly, I'm... (laughs) There, stay. For those of you who haven't met this wonderful person, this is my dad. His name is Jim Pilla. And three, three months before my dad was called home, I was visiting him in the hospital and trail, thinking I was only dealing with congestive heart failure. But my dad knew there was a whole lot more going on than what I was aware of. And he asked me if we could go out and look at the mountains and sit by the flowers. That was my favorite thing in the Kootenays. My dad came from Saskatchewan because he loved the mountains of British Columbia. And he spent a lot of time in them, a lot of time praying through them, walking through them, hiking in them, and camping in them. So we went outside and we were sitting there and he was looking at the mountains and his whole face just glazed over with just peace and there was wisdom in his face and he started to talk and I just felt inclined to press record on my phone and there are so many times when I go back and I listen to what that champion in my life has to say about running this race well let me share this with you If you truly love, you have the power and the strength, and you can stand against anything. You can conquer anything. As much as you let God give you, it's always there. You cut his love off by the world through greed and distraction, by false happiness. Honey, you're going to run and go nowhere. All the time, if you open your eyes, the beauty of life is right in front of you. You are responsible for the circumstances you are in. Community has invested in you. You are the captain of your fate, the master of where your soul will go. If you see this and believe this, you will have no excuses. It takes courage to do the right thing. It demands of you. If people could only see the joy beyond this monetary place, why did God give us the Ten Commandments? Why? Not to give us rules to feel guilty of or limitations. He gave us them so we would not hurt ourselves and lose freedom. The only force that can withstand all the storms and hurdles of this race are two people and the strength of Jesus Christ in their lives. The foundation of all that is true and good. To serve others is to know the fullness of this life. To see the beauty beyond. And to know the truth of what it means to know joy from within the soul. It demands of you. It requires sacrifice, courage, and responsibility. You have this choice. So stop hurting one another. Stop chasing mundane happiness that will always return to you empty. That's what the world wants. Look beyond. Reach deeper. And grab on to what is true and good. And the joy you will know will be more than you could ever imagine. Pay attention to all the examples around you and the community that is invested in you. Pay attention. You are responsible for where you are now and where you choose to head. God has created such a beautiful world. It's our human nature that can make it struggle, that brings the hindrances. If we could only see outside of ourselves to serve another... What is not of this world will reside within us as what I know to be true joy. That's all that matters. That's just all that really matters. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith.
0: This is my mom. Uh, I lost mom in 2016 and it was a big hit to me and a very painful time in my life. Uh, she'd always been there, a pillar in my life and a mentor. However, it was during this time I realized how blessed I was to have the Lord Jesus as my foundation and how grateful I was that I had him in my life. A few days after mom passed, we found a letter she had left to us and I'd just like to take a moment to read them. <clears throat> Remember love, justice, honesty, integrity, honor, sense of responsibility, truthfulness, the golden rule, the great commandment, the ten commandments. Love good, despise evil. Respect others' rights and stand up for your own rights. You brought me great joy. My love is with you forever. A smile, a kind word can. Don't grieve for me, but please do always remember me. I'm in a much happier world now, so please be happy for me. My spirit is with you. We will all be together again someday. Grow up to be kind, thoughtful, mature adults. Try never to deliberately hurt anyone, and you will be happy yourself. Always be responsible to your commitments. Watch your priorities in life, and always place people before material things. Keep your values high. Love God, yourself, and your neighbor. Always be open-minded, always be eager to learn, and have a thirst for knowledge. Love each other, be supportive to each other, and stay close as brothers and sisters. Be a loving mother, forever and always. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith.
1: So as you can see, we've learned some amazing things from these these people in our lives. From you, our friends, our community that's here with us, still racing their race. And for the ones that have gone before, they're cheering us on to the winner's circle. There's a holy call of perseverance. So I thought I would just summarize some key points that we've learned during this time in our lives. Number one, this divine relay requires a challenge. It's never in your comfort zone. Nor is the end always in sight. Friends that know me really well, that have studied with me and spent some time with me, know that I have a a phrase. Get uncomfortable. Right, Patty? Right, Viv? Right, (laughs) Anita? Get uncomfortable. Two, there is a race that you were born to win. Only you. If you run your best race, we all win. Three. the mystery of what seems impossible like a sick child and loss of people that do not make sense at the time the impossible is where God begins this is the true walk of faith four we must carry our baton of faith to the next runner so we will all have a chance to meet in the winner's circle in the end I want to see all of you there it's going to be a real bummer if we're not Right? Imagine how we'll sing there, Sarah. Imagine. (laughs) Does that sound good? (laughs) Number five. The church needs champion runners. Guys, we need to be champion runners. We all need to be champion runners for those spectators to know who Jesus is. And endurance, endurance, just sounds tiring. It's only possible with God. Endurance is needed to run with perseverance. I looked at endurance a little bit, translates the ancient Greek word, "hoopamone." can you say that? Which does not mean the patience which sits down and accepts things, but the patience which masters them. It is a determination which goes steadily and refuses to be deflected. So looking back at this little brief season of Delhi in my race, my run, our family's walk. It was hard sometimes for us to not get a little entangled with some of the circumstances, to not get stuck sometimes on the pain or the mystery of what's going to happen or why did this happen? But it was only when we drew upon community, God created us for community. He created his own community in the Trinity. He showed us and it was with It was only with our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, that we were able to see how God used these challenges to shape us, to train us in faithfulness, to grow our character, and to equip us better so we could carry our baton to the next runner, creating a legacy of steadfastness and a reliance on God completely for us to get into the winner's circle. So Delly and I thought it would be a great way to summarize our sharing with you today is we invite you right now to reflect, to consider, consider your race. Is there something hindering you? Is there something challenging you? Entangling you? If there is, we've left some recipe cards on chairs, and there's pens, and there's also a box of pens up there by the box by the cross there. We invite you to write one of those things down. What is it? Anything that might be taking your eyes off Jesus. And we invite you, as we play a song, we chose the song, Steadfast, we drew such strength from it, our own Josh Leventhal wrote this song, and it's got such a beautiful message and story in it of hope and endurance and faith. But as the song plays, you could write that on a piece of paper. And we invite you just to leave the paper, you don't have to write your name on it, but leave it at the cross, the very place that Jesus endured so we would know the joy of being in the winner's circle. So as Drew gets that ready, you can consider your race, consider that question, and we invite you to leave it at the cross.